It is Tuesday, January 2nd of 2024. First show, first NFL show of the 2024 year. Some exciting stuff. Uh, we have a ton of exciting games heading into this last week of the NFL regular season. Uh, there are 20 teams who are still in contention for a playoff spot, the most in NFL history and during the last week of the regular season. So, Lots of exciting games to talk about, lots of playoff implications that we're going to have to get into. But but before we do that, Brendan, how are we doing? This is nuts, bro. I just, I I don't know. There's so many different pieces in this puzzle and so many different things can happen. I find it crazy that some teams can still make the playoffs, but I'm doing good. I'm trying a new thing where I drink coffee midday so that I can have a horrible crash so I can go to sleep at night. Nice, nice. Well, so we're getting we amped up. Yeah, we unintentionally missed last week due to the holidays and stuff, so we apologize for missing last week, but we are back, and we're going to cover all of the big games in NFL Week 18, and make sure we cover all of the playoff implications of those as well. So we're going to stick to the usual script, go over some of the big games, do our big game breakdowns, give our projection analysis of each one. Hey, projections had another good week last week. If you follow on Twitter, you can track those, at Statletics underscore. Don't miss those. We do them for both college football and NFL. They also covered for the college football playoff games. Just saying. Just saying. So find our projections there at Satellitics underscore, but sticking to the script, big game breakdown, and then we're going to do some rapid fire there at the end. So let's not waste any time, Brendan. Bills go to the Dolphins. Dolphins are plus three home favorites. And Bills win and they're in. If they lose, then there is a chance, barring a couple other things to happen. We won't get into the semantics of it, but there's a chance that they can miss if they lose. Unlikely, but probabilistically uh, able to happen. So, Bills win in their end. They clinch a two-seed, potentially. Dolphins, if they win, they can clinch their division. So, big game for both teams and their playoff hopes. Not really getting in, but seeding more more than anything so this is a playoff game in itself it feels like bills they come in with a little bit of momentum dolphins come in lacking some momentum tough loss last last week uh embarrassing loss really i don't even want to say tough i want to say embarrassing they just got routed by lamar jackson and the and the ravens and it really seems uh like a bad time for the dolphins due to uh the injuries um, the way that they've been losing, it feels like they're kind of coming apart. You know, they were one of the few teams that started the season off really hot. And unfortunately, they've only really gone downhill from there. So the Dolphins, kind of contrary to the Bills, are lacking a bit of momentum that they could really use, especially as we head into the last week of the NFL, heading into the playoffs. So both teams playoff game pretty much in essence in this last week before i get into any of the numbers the splits brendan snap reaction to this game snap reaction to this line who do you think is going to win with everything on the line what a game to finish the season it's the last game of the season Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible and you've got the bills here as three-point favorites going to the dolphins three points on on DraftKings. i don't know about other books but the Dolphins are just coming, becoming unhinged, and they're like mm-hmm. dying there on the field. Bradley Chubb went out ACL, you know, Reek got the ankle, Tyreek's hurt. I mean, uh, Waddle's hurt. Two is, 
you know, been brain dead for a couple of years. And I just, I can't see now if the dolphins were going to Buffalo, I think Buffalo wins this game. Easy, easy. But mm. the dolphins, the dolphins are hosting. The weather's very different down there in the Miami heat. So Miami winter heat. And, um, so I think it's a closer game, but I think the Bills are riding, going to ride the momentum that they have. And the fact that if they lose, they could possibly miss the playoffs. But if they win, they're the two seed. Yeah. It's two big stakes. I think the Bills are going to come in here and cover that. And, I mean, the Dolphins dig to get embarrassed last week, and they're really hurting right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's talk about some of their key injuries. Bradley Chubb towards ACL last week. That's huge. You know, one of the best pass, the best pass rusher on that Dolphins team. And then Raheem Moster is out. He's the league leader in NFL rushing touchdowns. Game's a Yeah. And then, uh, oh God, Sorry. I can't even focus after that. And then, uh, what, what's his name? Now you got me off track. Now you got I'm me off sorry. track. I'm so, sorry. Raheem Mostert out, Bradley Chubb, and then Jalen Waddle back injured. No surprise. He's been hurt pretty much every other game of the year. Yeah. So they're missing some crucial components of both their offense and their defense. And so heading into a game like this, and two is banged up, you know, let's not ignore that. He's, you know, also pretty beat up himself. So <laughs> careful. Sorry. And so, so with that, it's hard not to believe that Buffalo is going to take this game outright, especially the three points. You know, I know it is on the road. I know it is. But, you know, when you say this is in Miami and it's Miami Heat, I think that also benefits Buffalo to some capacity. So in this, I fully expect Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and Bill's new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, mm -hmm. to get as creative as you possibly can imagine. I expect him to throw him the kitchen sink and get everybody involved on the offensive side of the ball. I think Josh Allen will have plenty of time to throw now that Bradley Chubb is out for the year. I expect them, the the Dolphins to struggle to generate a pass rush. Uh, and we're slowly starting to see Buffalo go back to that two tight end set with Dawson Knox back healthy. Uh, well, when he, when he was hurt, they ran predominantly one tight end sets with Don Kincaid and they're slowly shifting back to how they started the season with two tight end sets and they have Dawson Knox and Don Kincaid both on the field at the same time and that creates a lot of mismatches on the defensive side of the ball especially with linebackers and we know that Miami's linebackers aren't exactly you know top tier or top talent in the league so I think the Bills are going to come out here and they're come out firing um, now I will say the model projections actually like Miami to win outright, not by a lot, by very little, actually. I think it's like half a point, but I'm going against the grain here. I'm going against Scarlett. You know, she's treated us well, but Bad girl. every now and then I like to, to, to pivot off of the model. Just it's hard to, you, you know, you can't quantify injuries. You can't quantify, you know the you can't quantify momentum i mean you can try but some people do it but that, our model doesn't do that so you can't quantify vibes you yeah exactly i say that on the tweet every week you, this doesn't take into account injury weather and vibes so okay. with that being said i think buffalo comes in here and uh they get it done i think it's going to be close um i will say buffalo's defense is not 
what it has been in comparison to the last few years. Uh, they still certainly grade as a better performing defense. In fact, if we look at offensive EPA allowed, they rank it eighth in the league, Miami 13th, surprisingly. And then offensive VPA generated, both of these teams are top three in the league. Buffalo at two, Miami at three. So this will be no shortage of offense, but I think that the defense will uh, kind of be the key factor in this game. So Buffalo's defense has comparatively gotten better as the season's gone on. You know, they lost a lot of people. They had a lot of key injuries, especially including Matt Milano near the beginning of the season, but they've sort of rebounded. This defensive unit in comparison to the roster that they've had is overachieving in my opinion. So with them trending upwards with Miami trending downwards on the defensive side of the ball, I like Buffalo. And of course, I think that right now, Sean McDermott, you know, as much as I love Mike McDaniel, and I think he'll be a very, very successful coach, Sean McDermott is more weathered and has been in these situations more often than not. So I'm going to trust the the veteran background that McDermott has in these type of, type of situations to be up, to be able to go out there and out coach his peer. So give me the Bills, man. Give give me them I, the Bills. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't see, there are, there are a couple of scenarios where Miami can come out here, but it's just, I'm not going to go out here and trust a team who just lost multiple key players on both sides of the ball and has continued to only trend downwards. Plus they only have one win against a team who has a 500 or better record, the Dallas Cowboys. So this is a huge vibes week. That's all I have to say. There's so many different implications for the playoffs that, it is big vibes I mean, week. It, it really is. It's uh, there's a lot of feel that's going to have to go into this week, and especially with some of the teams sitting players out. You know, we'll talk about the mm-hmm. the Steelers versus the Ravens. We fully expect the Ravens to sit most of their starters. Everybody. So, you know, it's kind of hard to to judge that. It's hard to model that. You know, you can't really account for that. When and trying to model and project for these games, so we'll see. We'll see. All right. Hey, before we move on to the next one, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and drop your favorite picks. We love scanning the crowd for that information. We appreciate the feedback, uh, and it's always fun going back and seeing who everybody picks. It's a good time for all of us. So make sure to like, subscribe, drop your favorite picks. We really appreciate that. Moving on. Texans go to the Colts. This is a win and end game for both teams. So this is a playoff game. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is a playoff game. You win and you're end no matter which team you are. So the Texans, who just got CJ Stroud back coming off of a really solid win last week, head to the Colts. And Colts, they're a surprising team uh, when you look at their expectations heading into the 2023 season, and especially if you look at their expectations after Anthony Richardson went down due to injury. So both teams very much outperforming expectations, whether it's preseason or in-season expectations. Both teams, I think, are uh, are worthy of you know this playoff spot. I think they are definitely... Uh, top half teams in the league, all things considered. So when we look at this game, 
we have CJ Stroud versus Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew gets the home. It's in the dome in Indianapolis. Colts plus one point home underdogs. We know how Beach likes those divisional home underdogs. So I have a feeling I know where he's going with this one. Brendan, before I get into the numbers, the stats, whatever, let me know. What do you think? Yeah, you'd be wrong. This is a vibes game. This isn't a statistical. Uh, what am I trying to say? Statistical home division dog. This is a vibe game. And CJ Stroud is going to come out here and shred this defense. Really? Yes. And this mm. is this is D'Amico Ryan's winning coach of the year based off this game. Go Texans. They just absolutely wally flapped the Titans. And it's a good one. And I think they're going to not wally flap the Colts, obviously. But I think they're going to – it's basically a pick em. I like that because I think the Texans, they just got Will Anderson back. They're a little bit healthier. And they win this game in the playoffs. And who would have thought? Going into the year. So I think that this is, they got a lot of young bucks on there who are like, they can really prove something here. I think they're going to come out and I think they're going to win this ball game. So I think they'll cover that one point spread. Okay. Well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, this game is completely subjective in my opinion. You know, I think obviously it's a coin flip. I mean, even Vegas kind of values it near a coin flip just about, especially with Colts being plus one at home. I will say the public is heavy on the Texans. 96% 96 of the tickets are on the Texans. 98% of the handle is on the Texans, according to Action Network. So uh, this is, you know, very much lopsided in the Texans' favor. If you look at the the betting splits in Vegas. So uh, these two teams are very similar in their own right. Outside of the defensive performance, I will say the Texans defense performs a little bit better in comparison to uh, the Colts, but two very similar teams. I mean, total points on the offensive side of the ball, Texans 21, Colts 22. We go over and look at some of the EPA adjustments. We know if you watch this show, one of our favorite team metrics is offensive EPA and offensive EPA allowed. So Houston, offensive EPA allowed, 14th in the league. Offensive EPA generated 15th in the league. If you switch over to the Colts, offensive EPA allowed 19th. Offensive EPA generated 16th. So two very much, two very, very similar teams. And I think that we will see that come this Sunday. Uh, but if you watch the show, you know that the model, you know that Scarlet has a Colts problem. So with that information, you would very much expect the Colts to be favored by the model. And we do. We see a four-point favorite. We see the model favor the Colts by four points. But if you're a regular and you watch the show, you know that there's a Colts problem. So we can take whatever game is projected by the Colts with a grain of salt. About so, a five-point buffer there, let's say. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is. I, the the Colts. You know, when we think about the way that the model generates stuff, it looks at yards per play and stuff along like stuff like that, EPA, yards per play, and yards per play allowed. 
I mean, that's just a general high level overview. And there's about 20 different variables that it takes into account to simulate these projections. But the Colts have a lot, the Colts generate themselves a lot of opportunities, but they don't execute, especially in the red zone. So I think that's where the model has a problem. I think it overshoots the Colts based on the opportunities that they give themselves. So basically, what I'm saying, in short, is the Colts, they do a lot of great things between the 20s. But as soon as they get into the red zone, it's hard for them to capitalize. And so whether you want to deem that an issue for Gardner Minshew, head coach, maybe their offensive weapons, I don't know. Whatever you, you know, take that as you will. But I think that's what the model's seeing. And I think that is why the model overshoots the Colts and their scoring projection week in and week out. So with that being said, I'm not really feeling out this game based on the model. Typically how I do, because the model hits at a 60%, right? We can trust that more often than not. But, you know, to be right 60% of the time, you got to be wrong 40% of the time. So maybe we can operate under the assumption this is one of the times where the model is wrong. I don't want to, because I actually do think the Colts can win here, but it's really hard for me to imagine CJ Stroud not coming in here and being the better offensive team. And I think that's really what this is going to boil down to is who can perform better offensively. And we know that the Texans defense, at least on paper, is better than the Colts. It's far. And so... With that being said, we know, you know, using simple math, two is better than zero. Better offense, better defense. One, two is better than zero. So I think that the Texans are inevitably going to win this game. It's going to be close. I definitely think it by no means will be a a shootout or a, gosh, my brain's all over the place after doing college football and NFL. It'll by no means be a blowout. But I think it could be a potential shootout. So this game is going to be absolutely electrifying in every which way. I have to trust the better quarterback and the better defense in this game. Even though it's at Indianapolis, I like that it's in a dome. That benefits both teams to some degree. But I like that it's in a dome. And again, CJ Stroud, I think he's him. I think that he takes home the cake, and I think that he's well-deserving of Rookie of the Year, and I think this team deserves to be in the playoffs. Dude, they're going to make a um, they're gonna make a run, I swear. I swear to you. Hope. Only this if they awesome. Tank Dell. Oh, that'd be imagine? so cool. I'm sorry, though, but uh, Puka should be Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Looking what C.J. Stroud has done for this Texans team is... He needs 29 yards to break the rookie uh, receiving record. That's been held for 63 years. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on. Hey, that's a playoff game in itself. I cannot wait for that game. That's probably going to be, for me, the most exciting game right behind the Bills and the Dolphins. And that's why we talked about a second. Next game, Bears go to the Packers. Packers are minus three home favorites. The Bears are eliminated from playoff contention. They were eliminated last week after the Packers beat the Vikings. However, 
they could still have a little bit of fun and keep the Packers out of playoff contention. For the Packers, it is a win and you're in, nothing else. Of course, there are a couple other things that could happen to get them in in the case in which they lose, but we don't want to get into all of that. There's like 20 different things that could happen. It's just a mess. We'd be here for an hour if we talked about all of those scenarios. So basically, win and you're in for the Packers. You don't have to worry about anything else. The the rivalry behind this game makes this that much more fun, in my opinion, because the Bears, although they really have nothing to be motivated for in terms of playoffs, they have every reason to be motivated to play spoiler and keep their most hated team, most hated rival, out of the playoffs. So I think the ba- the Bears will absolutely be will show up and be ready to play, and I think they're going to absolutely give it 100%. So you can fully expect a hell of a game out of these two. The Bears are playing really good football in the latter half of the season. Justin Fields, last week against the Atlanta Falcons, made a couple of throws that not many quarterbacks in this league can make. I mean, he is very, he is making a case awesome. to the Bears' front office that they should use that number one pick, not picking a, a quarterback, and use it elsewhere, trade it out, use it on a receiver, whatever it may be. He is making a case that the Bears should keep him as his franchise quarterback, and I absolutely would be behind it if they decided to do so. In fact, I'm a Falcons fan. I kind of hope the Falcons try and make a move on Justin Fields. So, or the Steelers. Nah, no. I'm good. I don't or like the Steelers. The Steelers. <laughs> so, I, with that being said, the Bears are playing great football. The Packers are playing great football. This game is going to be awesome in every which way. You know, there's so much history behind this game, behind these two teams going against each other. So, uh, with it having massive pa- uh, playoff implications for at least one team is uh, is pretty awesome in its own right. And good for the league, man. It's great when when the the Bears and the Packers play against each other with big implications. So Packers minus three home favorites. Bears playing good football going to Lambeau Field. Before I get into any of the numbers of the betting splits, Brendan, snap reaction to this game, snap reaction to this line. Who takes home the cake? Do the Bears play spoiler? Let me know. Yeah, this game's going to be really fun. I can't say for certain that the Bears will play spoiler, but because of the rivalry and it giving me three points on DraftKings, I will. I think there's a higher likelihood that it's like a really close game. I don't know who's going to win. I would have to say the Packers would be favored in my head because of them being at home. But I think that three points is a little much because I think it's going to be a great game. The Bears could win, but either way, it's going to be close. And I think that mm-hmm. they're going to cover that three. I think <laughs> that Justin Fields is going to have another great game, and they're still going to trade him away. Because they're so they're so stupid, like I I I can't understand GMs. Just listen to me. Like obviously you want to listen to me, and I still (laughs) think that they're going to draft Caleb Williams or something and trade Fields away. Yeah, really mismanage there and start back over to square one. But I think the Bears can cover this game. Mm, Man, man, you have a lot of faith. I will say, I will say. On a neutral field, the model has the Bears favored by one point. 
So I think we see the Packers home field advantage play a little bit into this line as well. And, you know, I, I think it deserves to be noted Lambeau field is one of the harder places to play in the league. So, you know, taking that into consideration as well, when we break down these games, uh, it will be no hard. It, I mean, it will be no easy feat going into Lambeau field more than likely with cold weather and beating the Packers outright, no matter how good or bad they may be. I mean, they played in a windy snowstorm last week. So I yeah, that was the, the Falcons, though. So. I, yeah, I, I know. Falcons. I know. But, hey, I mean, all things considered, the Bears, they definitely have a chance in this game, deservingly so. And when we think about this, you know, taking a step back and looking at the Packers, Packers just routed the Vikings. And I think that was more due to the Vikings shooting themselves in the foot due to some decision-making by the coaches in the front office. Uh, I don't know why, with playoff implications still on the line, the Vikings decide to make another switch at the quarterback position to Jaron Hall, who they Mm -hmm. have a two-drive sample size of for the entire 2023 season. Don't know why. Maybe they saw something. Obviously, they saw something out of him in practice that they thought he would they would give him a better chance. But, you know, why they don't continue with Josh Dobbs or Nick Mullins beats me. I I have no idea. I mean, they they're, try, I, they're trying to decide what they want to do with Cousins, I think. But I would I would think that they're going to bring him back. So I don't like this. This season's kind of a wash. Like, get whatever you can out of it. But I, I don't I was just surprised with, with it makes no sense. Their playoffs. Playoff hopes were very much alive before last week's game. I mean, they're still kind of are alive, but they need a mm. lot to go right. Yeah. But being in contention like that, I just don't know why you make the quarterback switch that late mm. in the game or that late in the season. You know, I, I don't, I don't Didn't get it. switch I'm back. Yeah. I, it's dumb. I don't know. That, that was, in my opinion, that was coaching malpractice. I think that that was just, you know, completely out of pocket. But hey, you know, I'm I'm not getting paid the big bucks to to coach. So what what do I know? What do I know? So back to the Packers. Packers routed the Vikings. Uh, Jordan Love, man, he kind of uh, balled out last week. You know, they went into a two week drought, lost against the Bucks. Uh, he really showed off his arm talent in this game, in my opinion. There were some throws that he made that really really impressed me. There were some like fadeaway throws. There were some tight pocket throws that. I, I was, you know, like, dang, you know, I forget that Jordan Love can can do this. So uh, this guy is going to be special one day. Jordan Love can easily, easily make the explosive plays happen. Now, the problem is, is that their success rate is, you know, middle of the league. In fact, it's 17th overall in the NFL. And Green Bay's explosive play rate or EPA generated is fifth in the league. So you see like night and day difference out of Jordan Love, you know, one of the most explosive arm talents in the league, but he has a hard time of being consistently successful in the passing game. Once he can hammer out those details and be consistent, more consistent, then he will absolutely be able to elevate this Packers team to where they need to be. They're on the ups. They're on the ups. They're young receiving court and Jaden Reed is awesome. Christian Watson, if he ever comes back, uh, is it Dontavian? Dontavian Wicks is pretty good. Some dude I've never heard of. But yeah, I've never heard of that dude. Yeah, I the mean, problem he, he, was, was, he was a fringe guy, and then now all of a sudden they're drawing up plays for him, you know, in a big time divisional game. Yeah, in, in my opinion, the 
I mean, the Packers are still arrow pointed up. I think that they'll have a better year next year than they do this year, based on the fact that yeah. like it was really hard for them to establish a run game for about eight games this year because Aaron Jones was out. And if they have that, and you have a full, all encompassing offense that can work real well, then you know, sky's the limit there. Yeah, yeah. So some some true franchise building out of the Packers. And I think that they're doing it really well. Uh, It's kind of going, you know, it's not going, you know, noticed by a lot of people, uh, especially casuals, but the Packers are doing a great job at franchise building. And I fully expect them to be a 10 win team next year. So looking at this game though, offensive VPA allowed per play, Chicago surprisingly sits at 11th in the league. For a defense who, you know, outside of that, metrically gives up a lot of yards, a lot of points. They have cleaned it up and they, and the advanced metrics point us that they are performing better. They're overachieving in comparison to the roster that they have. Offensive VP per play on the offensive side of the ball, they're 18th. So that number was in the high 20s at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, especially if you're watching the show, you remember that we dogged on this team, especially for their play calling. But offensive VPA allowed for Green Bay, 25th in the league. Offensive VPA per play on the offensive side of the ball for Green Bay, eighth. So we see that very efficient offense, very successful offense on the Green Bay side of the ball. Defense, though, they really struggle. This could be a legacy game for Justin Fields to come out here as a bear and beat the Packers in their own place at Lambeau Field. So I think if you, you know, I know you said that even if he wins, that the Bears might get rid of him. But I think that the Bears would have a hard time justifying that, especially with the momentum that he's created for himself. If Justin Fields goes into this game and beats the Packers outright at Lambeau Field. It would be really, really hard to justify that to your fan base. So I, I understand, but I think that there's a tremendous amount of pressure from where the money comes from to move on. And it's not... I don't know. It's, there's a lot of problems going on. It's not him. Like, yeah. He can make some dumb plays. Everyone does that. But if you were to establish a culture and like an actual football team around him, yeah. Dude to be amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've certainly seen that. So, I think this this game will be paramount for both teams. Um you know, more so the Packers than the Bears just due to the the playoff implications. Packers win in their end and they have a chance to make a run. I mean, that that could be awesome in its own right. Looking at the betting splits, 73% of the public is on the Bears, 90% of the handle is on the Bears. So, public is heavy in on the bears there's a lot of people coming in and placing those bets bears. On, on the bears um you know me personally i think the packers take care of business just with the playoff implications i think the home field advantage is too much for the bears to overcome especially with the packers offense back on track uh, i certainly think it'll be a close game uh again it's one of those history divisional rivalry games uh one of the best in the NFL, in my opinion. So it will certainly be nothing short of dramatic, but the Packers come out with a win. I think they win outright and clinch that playoff spot. That's going to be fun. Okay. 
We <laughs> let me tell you, this is ugly. NFC South implications here. Falcons go to <laughs> the Saints. Saints are minus three home favorites against the Falcons. So we have a couple of playoff clinching scenarios in this game. We'll start at the top with the Saints. New Orleans clinches the NFC South division title with a Saints win and a Bucks loss or a Saints tie and a Bucks loss. New Orleans can still clinch a playoff berth with a Saints win, a Seahawks loss, or a Packers loss, or a Saints tie, Seahawks loss, Packers loss. On the flip side, for the Falcons, we won't go through a bunch of other of that stuff. For the Falcons, if the Falcons win and the Buccaneers lose, they're in. Simple as that. Buccaneers play the Panthers this week. Bucks are five and a half point favorites, although they do go to Carolina. So all Falcons fans, myself included, will be huge Panthers fans, but uh, that's seemingly unlikely for the Falcons. However, it could happen. We've seen crazier things happen. So for the Saints, for the Falcons, we want to discuss this game because of the playoff implications and the NFC South implications that go in this game alone. Saints. Minus three home favorites. This game is in New Orleans, so they do have home field advantage in this instance. And I will go ahead and give the model projections. The model likes the Saints by 3.1, so right in line with Vegas. Um, nothing really out of whack there. The The public, surprisingly, is on the Falcons. I did not expect this. 53% of the month, or 53% of the public tickets are on the Falcons. 98% of the handle is on the Falcons right now, as it stands, according to Action Network. I mean, so throw a bag. So you have the model projections, because you have the betting splits, you have the breakdown. Hey, give me your feel for this game. Give me who wins and who covers. Let me know. If the Falcons lose, are they firing Arthur Smith? I hope so, but I'm I'm hearing reports that he's safe, unfortunately. Um, I hope so. I, I would really, I really do hope so. Well, I really don't have any sort of feel towards this game because the Falcons are a coin flip every single every single week. You have no idea. You have no idea if they're going to come out and play efficiently or if they're going to play like shit. You have absolutely no idea. Right. I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to have them cover the three. I think that they can win this game just because New Orleans and Derek Carr are just nasty. Kamara has a little bit of an injury. I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. I think he will, but I have no idea. And I like chaos. Give me the Falcons. Yeah. I also think the Panthers are going to cover five and a half. That means they could possibly win. Okay. Okay. Same. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on it, but it's possible. <laughs> you know, Bryce Young did go out last week with injury. I'm not sure. Whether, well, I thought he died. Yeah. Or, yeah. I'm not sure whether or not he'll be back the last week, but yeah. I kind of like the chances better if Andy Dalton plays in comparison mm-hmm. to Bryce Young. So 
Loki yeah. hoping for an Andy Dalton start this week against the Bucks, but neither here nor there. We're talking about the Falcons and the Saints. Looking at some of the numbers, man, going straight to offensive EPA and offensive EPA allowed. The Falcons are sitting at 24th in the league in offensive EPA per play. The Saints sitting at 14th. So we know that the the Falcons offense struggled. And it's pretty much all self-inflicted, if we're being honest. Arthur Smith is one of the worst when it comes to using his best players. Dude is half-retarded when it comes to play calling. So I kind of hope he gets fired this season. We'll, we'll see. But I, I just, again, coaching malpractice. Coaching malpractice. Dude has one of the best rosters in terms of raw offensive talent. Yet he refuses to use them. Coaching my practice at its finest. Listen, listen to me. He's a genius. Okay, what, no, pick y'all, what pick do y'all have in the draft? What pick do y'all well, have? If we, lose, if we lose, we have the chance to get the eighth pick overall in the draft. Listen, he's a genius, okay? He has managed over the years to be so bad that he gets Drake London, he gets B. John Robinson, he gets Kyle Pitts, and they're going in on a quarterback this year, a real quarterback, not Desmond Ritter, no. and they're going to be good. I swear no. to you. No. <laughs> I swear. No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll see. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Genius. So, Chestnut checkers. Saints offense <laughs> is a little better than than the typical average in terms of offensive VPA. Offensive VPA play allowed. Here's some surprising metrics. Atlanta sits at seventh. New Orleans sits at sixth. So two very solid defenses in terms of VPA allowed. Uh, kind of goes under the radar. You know, when you think of elite defenses or top 10 defensive units, the Falcons and the Saints are not really ones to come to mind, but they're certainly there. And, you know, this this really shows in a couple of different things. If we go over to, to passing yards allowed, sixth and seventh. So that tracks with the, the um, EPA ranks as well. And this game will be, you know, a defensive bout at some capacity. And honestly, it'll truly be which offense is feeling better that day. If Arthur Smith comes out and decides to actually use his weapons like Bijan and Kyle Pitts and Drake London and everybody else, they can certainly win this game. You know, the the thing the thing about the Falcons is just because let's say Marshawn Lattimore is he's a truly talented cornerback, an elite cornerback. And just because he's on Drake London doesn't mean that they can't throw to Kyle Pitts. Doesn't mean they can't run the ball with B. John Robinson. Doesn't mean they can't go elsewhere, like with Cordell Patterson. You know, they certainly have the weapons to create plays elsewhere in the game. It's just a matter of Arthur Smith actually wants to do that or not. So, unfortunately, we can't sit here with much objectivity about this game just because we don't know if Arthur Smith is going to be up his ass Saturday or Sunday or not. So, I truly hate breaking down this game because it all comes down to Arthur Smith's play calling. Dude, Drake London is so good. He's such a beast. I swear, he makes so many incredible contested catches. Like, if he's on an offense that throws in the ball, he's like a top 15 receiver in the league. He's so good. I love him. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, underrated receiver. If he had a good quarterback and an offensive coordinator and they like to throw the ball for once, you know, I think he would be a top 10 receiver across the board, uh, statistically speaking. So coaching my practice, I'll leave it at that. 
this game is going to keep hinge on the rushing game for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Saints actually are the they allow the they're twenty first in the league in rushing yards allowed. Atlanta is eighth overall in total rushing yards. We know that they predominantly love to rush the ball. If they can find success, which I think they can, I think they can control this game and win outright. I think this really will be a matter of like, are we going to feed Bijan? Are we going to feed Tyler Algier and lean into our running game um, and trust our ability to do so? Their offensive line is a top five unit in the league. You know, that's something that goes kind of unnoticed. And I think that's the reason they've been able to win more games than a lot of people have given, will give them, would have given them credit for is because their trenches on both sides of the ball are really, really, really solid. So they're the offensive line and defensive line can keep them in contention in any game. But again, coaching malpractice is what it is. So with that being said, I want to take a look here at the model projections. The model has the Saints by three. We already mentioned that. But that's a neutral field consideration. So the Saints being favored by three, I think with also having the home field advantage would add another, say, two points. So um, I have to pick against my Falcons as much as I would love for them to win and have a chance at the playoffs. I have to pick against the Falcons. I think the Saints get it done at home especially with playoff implications on the line. I think their team is slowly coming to better and performing a little bit better than they have been in comparison to the the beginning of the season. So give me the Saints to win the NFC South and clinch a playoff berth this year. That's soft. Will, your, will your boys to the playoffs? I'm well actually done. trying to reverse psychology. Dude, that's what I do. And, and try and get them into the playoffs, you know, trying to, Stop it. you know, get that done. So Copy that. Hey, that that game, I can't say it'll be fun. I can't say it'll mm. be a pretty watch, but Terrible. any game that has those types of implications on the line is certainly worth discussing. So last game that I wanted to talk about and give the attention that of, a big game breakdown. Steelers go to Ravens. Ravens are plus three and a half. And a lot of you, if you don't keep up with the league, are kind of surprised by that line. But the Ravens are expected to sit most of their starters. Hence why the Steelers are favored in this game. So this game is fun because it has playoff implications for the Steelers. Obviously, the Ravens have already clinched. They've clinched the first seed. And they don't have to... There's really nothing that happens for them, whether they win or they lose. So flipping back to the Steelers, the Steelers can clinch a playoff berth with a Steelers win plus a Bills loss or a Steelers win plus a Jaguars loss or Steelers win plus a Texans Colts tie or Steelers tie plus Jaguars loss plus Texans Colts doesn't end in a tie <laughs> or Jaguars loss plus Broncos win plus Texans Colts doesn't end in a tie. Mm. So they have five different scenarios, but basically, you know, three of them, the top three most likely involve them winning and another team losing in some capacity. So Steelers need to win this game. I wanted to talk about this because 
Do we think that the Ravens and their backups have a chance to win this game? No. So, with, with this game being at, at being at the Ravens in Baltimore, the Ravens are certainly one of the best coached teams in the league. Do we think that they could still beat the, the Steelers? No, because previous years, their backups were like now they're starters. Like Isaiah likely was like a backup that would play in these types of games. He's just an absolute beast. And I don't really know who they're going to play at running back. Because like, this is an ideal spot for Keaton Mitchell, right? But he's done for the year. So you got Dobbins I mean, is done. So you got Edwards and you got Justice Hill. But like, are you going to play them? Yeah. Or are I you going to rest them? Because I don't they, even know who's under them. They'll probably play like all of their running backs still. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it might just be like key starters, like Lamar Jackson and, you know, Odell Beckham. They got a bench likely. Zay Flowers and likely. And of yep. course, on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Roquan, Patrick yep. Queen, Kyle yep. Hamilton, and all of those guys. But, you know, it's a 50. I mean, they can't sit everybody. So I agree. You know, and they'll I think play that, more of like Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon rather than Melvin Gordon, that's right. Uh Gus Edwards. But you know, Tyler Huntley is assumably the backup in this game. And we've seen him have some success in the mm. league as a starter when Lamar Jackson got hurt. It's possible. It's, it's possible. possible. Is possible, and this is where I would normally use reverse psychology. I'm not going to because we're going to freaking win. We're going to cover three and a half because it's it's this is a Saturday game. Also, I wanted to point that out. This is a game before any other stuff can happen. So, like, if they were to lose that game, it'd be over. They, yeah. they wouldn't make the playoffs. So then they're coming to play. They are coming to play, and I know it's still a rivalry, but the fact that I mean. The Steelers are a fine team. They just like they're just not good. Like they're always there, but they're just not <laughs> real good, you know. And so yeah, I think yeah. that against the backups of a team, I think they'll go ahead and, and take care of business. Especially when it's a if they win, they have to win for it to be possible to make the playoffs with it being relatively healthy. Yeah, hopefully we get Matt Canada. I think that they'll win this game. And the emergence of Mason Rudolph. Yep, Rudolph, the red nosed, terrible quarterback. What what a what a story that's been. So, just to to humor everybody, the betting splits are kind of funny because even though that is assumed that the starters are still out or the starters are going to sit out, eighty five percent of the tickets are on the Ravens. Ninety five percent of the handle is on the Ravens. So. The public still thinks less of the Steelers than the Ravens' backups. Bring so, it on. No one cares what the public thinks. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I like Just to humor everybody, I thought that was quite funny. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah. Brendan does not think it's funny as a Steelers fan. You right, I made tell. myself laugh. So... Yeah, I mean, I, you can't really break down this game on from the side of the Ravens. The Steelers, like, 
you know, they got to win. You know, I'm not going to make a pick on this game. I, I think the Steelers win, obviously, because it's the Ravens' backup. But I think the Ravens are such a good team and such a well-coached team that it's going to be hard for the Steelers to win. It's not going to be cakewalk. It's not going to be easy. So I think that they're going to have to show up well-prepared, ready to go. I think Mike Tomlin is certainly going to be able to coach up a good game. Obviously, he's one of the better to ever do it. But the, even playing against the Ravens' backup in Baltimore, it's going to be a tough task just because – I mean, the schemes on both sides of the football, they're they're great. You know, they're they're part of what makes this Ravens team so great. Uh they're one of the more well rounded teams. They're one of the better constructed rosters in the league. So the Steelers team is still gonna have a tough time going into Baltimore. They're gonna have to bring it and be ready to play. So that will be a fun one too. Let's even go. though it will be against the Ravens backups. So all right, let's get into some rapid fire real quick for the rest of these games. A lot of these games really don't have much implications. They do have some minor implications, but neither here nor there. Eagles go to the Giants. Giants are five and a half point home underdogs. Eagles coming off of a Tesla loss. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to cover? Yuck. Oh. I think the Eagles will cover. I do. Okay. They just they can't lose again. There's no way. And I think they'll Yeah. I mean they can't. That's terrible. I think I think the Eagles win, but the, the Giants cover yeah. model has that happening as well. So Browns go to the Bengals. The Bengals are five and a half point home favorites. The Browns are also assumed to probably sit some of their starters as well, with hardly any playoff implications happening in this game. The Bengals have been eliminated, so that's crazy. It doesn't really matter on them. They're in as well. What do you think? Mm. Browns. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Jets. I'll take the Bengals in that, actually. Jets go to Patriots. Patriots are minus two home favorites. No implications for any one of these teams other than draft order in this game. Bill Belichick's last game as a Patriot. The Jets get it done. Jets oh, money okay, line. okay. Yeah, yeah right, it I'll is take the Belichick's Patriots. last game as a Patriot. I'll take the Patriots. He's going to go out with a bang. Oh, yeah, bang. There's going to be a bomb in the stadium. Vikings go to Detroit, play the Lions. Vikings still have a path to the playoffs, but it's not. It's very unlikely, all things considered. So, um, and, and we talk about the. The Vikings. Vikings need a win plus a Packers loss plus a Pack or Seahawks loss plus a Buccaneers loss. So they need a, they need a lot to happen. Pretty much the the Lions. They already clinched the NFC North division title. They're just really waiting on everything else to shake out in terms of seeding. So nothing really of importance. I still you know expect them to come out and play. Vikings. Plus three or Lions minus three? Yeah, I think the Lions come out to play, and I think I don't think Dan Campbell's a <clears throat> throwing the towel at the end of the season type of guy, so I think they're going to cover the three at home. Okay. Hopefully okay. you get to see Hendo Cinco. <laughs> Jaguars go to the Titans and play at Tennessee. Tennessee is five-and-a-half-point home favorites. So let's talk about this. 
Jaguars clinch the AFC South division title with a Jaguars win or a Jaguars tie plus a Colts-Texans tie. They clinch a playoff berth with a tie plus a Steelers loss or a Steelers loss plus Broncos loss or tie. So they really need to win here. Total collapse. The Jaguars miss the playoffs. They lose this game. But the Titans cover at home. Cover the five and a half. Total collapse. I kind of like the Titans to to yeah. win outright too. I know. Now has it total now has this as a closer game than yeah. what we would expect. It has the Jags as like a one point favorite. So mm-hmm. depending on the health of Will Levis and the rest of the Titans, I kind of like them to play spoiler. We know yeah. Mike Vrabel yeah. loves that shit. Yep. Okay. It's a gamer. Okay. Cowboys go to Commanders. If the Cowboys beat the Commanders, they win the NFC East title and pretty much lock in the number two seed on the NFC. Cowboys 13 point away favorites. Whoa. Do you like the commanders to cover 13 and a half at home or the Cowboys to cover and win and lock in the second seed? I, I, I mean, certainly, like, I think the Cowboys are going to win. At this point, I'm just asking if you think they're going to cover or not. Are they going to play? Like, are all their guys going to play? Yeah, I mean, they have to win to lock in the two seed. Or they have to win to win the division, which inherently locks in the two seed. Yeah, I think... Uh... Dude, they beat the forty. They beat the Commanders by like 35 yeah. on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> that was at home, but like... <laughs> this Commanders defense, especially their secondary, so is Swiss cheese. Yeah, I think we'll Dak take, Prescott. We'll take Dow. Day. We'll take Dow. Dallas. Cameron. Okay. Okay. We talked about this game earlier a little bit. Bucks go to the Panthers. Panthers are five and a half point home underdogs. The Falcons need the Bucks to lose, and then they themselves need to win against the Saints to to clinch the NFC South. So, still some NFC South implications in this game for the Bucks. Do you like the Panthers to cover? Do you like the Panthers to win? Or do you think the ba- the Bucks win or the Bucks cover? I like the Panthers to win. <laughs> I hope they win so bad. <laughs> I, I think I the do. Bucks. I like them to cover heavily, but yeah. You can throw on this Bucks team, and if Andy Dalton's there, that's let's true. Get it. That let's is get true. It. We're about to see legacy yeah, game out of Andy Dalton and oh, yeah. Adam Thielen. So good. Okay, Chiefs go to the Chargers. This line is all over the place. I'm seeing Chiefs plus three on some books and Chargers minus two on some books. So full point difference, but we'll assume Chargers minus two due to the Chiefs sitting a lot of their players. Who do you think covers and who do you think wins? I mean, the Chargers are in disarray. Like. I'm going to take the Chiefs three-point underdogs to cover that. Okay. Broncos go to the Raiders. Ew. That's a nasty Raiders are two-and-a-half-point home favorites. Give me the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. Motivation factor there. Except for us. 
Antonio Pierce is coaching for a job pretty much too. So Mm -hmm. I like that. Okay. Rams go to the 49ers. This is a game of backups. I don't think any team is going to really play their starters in this game. So you're basically playing who's the better coach and who's the better team, which the first question poses an interesting question. Who's the better coach? Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan? And then who's the better total? You think Shanahan is? Yeah, I do. See, I think McVay is. They're so so sick. But with – so battle battle of the backups here. Do you think the Rams can cover three and a half at San Francisco? Or do you think the 49ers pull it up? Is Stetson Bennett playing or our friend dresser? No, no, I don't think either of them are going to be playing. Um, I think the Niners have a system, and their backups could probably win four games in the NFL. So I think the yeah. Niners are going to win, yeah. uh, and I, I think like, they'll cover uh, also. Yeah, Sam Darnold being the backup quarterback, I yeah. think is the the uh, where they get the nod for me. So yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Hey. That wraps it up for the last week of the NFL regular season. We will certainly be here to talk playoffs throughout the next few weeks. Guys, we appreciate you listening, and we will be back here next week to talk wildcard.